Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Welcome to Horse Racing Northwest, podcast edition, getting closer to the 2022 Emerald Downs meeting. Joe Withy and Vince Broom here in the TV room at Emerald Downs. We'll have a couple guests today, Vince, John White, Dan Jukic are going to join us. And uh, this is our second uh, podcast and vidcast, maybe, uh, yes. on TV, YouTube. You can go to youtube.com, type in emerald downs podcast and those cameras really look made for kind of a nice uh appearance well yeah. if i don't say so uh, there's one thing they got to correct a little bit my hair looks white or something on those cameras so okay. i mean yeah, yeah they yeah. got to fix that but you know i've but, been i got my coaching here i forgot last time we were on camera i need to look into it a little bit more and uh pay a little closer attention to that so i'm on it today okay yeah so uh you can go to the regular spots for the audio version, uh, emeralddowns.com, or just type in Horse Racing NW, wherever you find your podcasts. And again, uh, video cast on YouTube, where we'll have uh, some, uh, you know, pictures and video to support what we're talking about. Uh, Cy Labar, our producer, editor, and uh, we are getting going. So, uh, hey. Big week in the world of racing in the three-year-old picture, Vince. Uh, sure John is. White's going to talk about that with us as well at, uh, what, Gulfstream, Turfway Park, and Oaklawn. Yes, John is the perfect guest to have yeah. this week because he writes that column that's about as detailed on three-year-old as anything you're going to find anywhere. Yeah, the Arkansas Derby, the Florida Derby, little surprise to see Classic Causeway coming back. You don't see the Tampa Derby winner wheel back that often and then uh the ruby stakes is it at uh, yeah. turpway Six hundred thousand there Six hundred thousand. so that's three real big preps tomorrow's april which means the countdown is really on for the kentucky derby yeah three more big preps the following week april 9th but we're coming up on saturday april 2nd for the three-year-old preps this week and to me it just seems 
fairly wide open. I, uh, Epicenter was great last yep. week in Louisiana and uh, Classic Causeway. Uh, there's Messier waiting out west, but boy, there's uh, you know there's ten horses that seem really live at this point right now. At yeah, least. and I'm certainly not a the biggest expert on the three year olds comparing them, but to my eye, Epicenter is the best one I've seen so far, just because. Uh, the way he did it was able to sit and then just right. power home like that. That was a real uh, good sign. Steve Asmussen, you know, he's done everything. We we're talking about how many career wins he has. Not one of those in the Kentucky Derby, though. So I'm sure that's a giant check mark in his Hall of Fame resume he'd like to get. Okay. Well, you know, we have some news for you. There's uh, unfortunately some passings yeah. in our industry. We'll be talking about those. Uh Emerald Downs, we've got horses on the work tabs now. Yeah, I jotted down a few. Um, they really, you know, we opened on February 28th. So, you know, from scratch, it takes a good eight, 10 weeks to get up to up to speed and yeah. get ready, race ready. But a couple of bigger names and two of the top four finishers in the uh, Long Acres Mile had spins this week, Wind Ribbon and Papa's Golden Boy. Excellent. Both on the work tab going three ace. Uh Champion uh, from last year, Koran, had a nice three furlong work for the K. Penny Cooper barn. A couple other horses I noticed out there. McCall Lane, I'm not sure if he ran here last year, but he was, uh, he ran in the 2020 mile and was a good allowance winner here. He's back on the that's work great. cab. Yep. Akasi, the, one of the famous horses from last year, because that's the horse that uh, Alex Cruz rode without uh, irons to victory is training for david martinez oakcrest farms frisco frills was kind of a fast horse early yep. in the meet here last year notice that one on the work tab i think for cliff balcom so uh yeah we're getting closer may 15th opening day and uh come on out in the morning go to the quarter shoot cafe look outside and you can see some horses yeah quarter shoot cafe open um wednesday through sunday at this time of year wednesday through sunday for the quarter shoot dark on mondays and tuesdays joe and sally steiner back fantastic place in our racing industry um, admission books if you want to give a gift or gift yourself a little bit you can get an admission book that'll give you a pass for the entire season 149 dollars so that's a good deal. And then if you're 60 years of age or older, that uh, admission book is just $95. So a great senior discount there for our 50-day meeting coming up. And also group sales. Well, you know, we've been such a popular party place over the years. Vince is right there amongst all the groups. He hears a lot of hooting and hollering on certain days. Um, the suite's up there on the sixth floor. Vince's office is right up there amongst them. Uh, but hey, we're wide open now as far as uh, restrictions. So give Vicki Potter a call in our group sales department, 253-288-7703, 288-7703. We've got four nice suites up there. You can book yourself a party, a get together, day at the races, etc. So that is uh, something that's back on board very nicely. Uh, the WTBOA banquet, we had that a couple weeks ago, all the Washington bread winners were crowned for the 2021 racing year. Congratulations to you, Vince Brune, recipient of the Mark Kaufman Media Award for the second time. Congrats, man. Yeah, thanks, Joe. That was a very uh, nice honor. And as I said that night, of course, Mark Kaufman, you and I both knew very well. And uh, I believe he hired us both into the yeah. industry. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. That was uh, 
a fun night. You want me to mention some of the other winners here? Yeah. We can go down. Well, well, some of the horse awards here. We got the Champion Turf Horse, Harbored Memories, we've talked about on this podcast down in Southern California. Champion Sprinter, Papa's Golden Boy, no surprise there. He was a double stakes winner here. Champion two-year-old Philly, Koran, undefeated last year. Uh, champion two-year-old Colt and Gelding and champion two-year-old went to Cobra Jet. Very fast horse. Understand back in training for Frank Lucarelli. Champion three-year-old Coulter Gelding, Coastal Kid. Boy, his my, his best race might have been when he gave top executive everything he wanted in the, Our derby. In the Muckleshoot Derby and then did win the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic against older horses. Champion three-year-old Philly, champion overall three-year-old went to Blazing Bella Blue. Champion older Philly or Mare, it's all in the notes. I saw she got claimed the other day down at Oaklawn. Champion handicap horse went to Papa's Golden Boy. And the horse of the year went to Blazing Bella Blue. Blazing Bella Blue, bred by Petra Lewin and Charles Essex, owned by those two as well. Uh, won a nice stake here at Emerald last year. And uh, then ran well after that uh, against some older horses. But uh, she really shone down at Turf Paradise in the fall. I think that's probably what it clinched it for. She, two more she, stakes she wins. She got two stakes wins in the fall down there because that, that award could have gone a lot of different ways. And Blazing Bella Blue, very deserving, yeah. Yeah, she was our leading earner, leading Washington bred earner for 2021. Mm-hmm. She was the only horse to win stakes at two different venues among Washington breds and the first three-year-old filly to be named horse of the year since mm-hmm. rings a chime in 2000 so yeah big year for petra lewin charles essex blazing bella blue Kay cooper got a uh, training achievement award Kay was our leading stakes trainer l- last year and had two outstanding juveniles five stakes wins yeah just outstanding and uh, we'll see some of those horses again this year one of the highlights for me on not obviously was winning an award but was was the special award received by uh, marshall allen Yes. That that was a great moment. You bet. The uh, White Horse Award, sponsored by the Racetrack Chaplaincies of America. We've talked uh, about that before. And And certain people watch that video? Yeah. Yeah, I I recommend it. Go to YouTube, is it? uh, Or just White Horse Award. White Horse Award. Google that and Mm -hmm. you'll come up with it. And a great, great story about a very humble man. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even know about that story till after our meeting was over last year. Yeah, right. I, I never heard that uh, what happened, and it happened in our stable area. Marshall Allen saved a life. Jim Folks, a longtime member of our thoroughbred community as well, and uh, Marshall was ready when needed. And, and you know, what was interesting was he mentioned. I think it was when Gary Longtalk unfortunately passed away a few years ago and had a cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. and no one was really uh, CPR trained. Yeah. And he kind of said to himself, "You know what?" I need to learn that because I want to be prepared if uh, something like that ever occurs again. And wouldn't you know it, it did. And he saved a man's life because of that. And, you know, that's a reminder for all of us. There are, you know, free classes. uh, Just you can probably find one pretty easily to learn CPR and be confident at it. And uh, you could make yourself uh, very useful Mm -hmm. like Marshall Allen did. Yeah, the White Horse Award went to Marshall Allen. Kay Cooper got the uh, Training Achievement Award. Stakes winners, Coron and A View from Above and uh, Bayakoa's Image. Um, and then Alex Cruz, he's had a couple of good runs up here. He got the Riding Achievement Award. 
He did, yeah. And that was, we mentioned, uh, for uh, his victory aboard Akasi, the irons came out at the break. Akasi was kind of a talented, but kind of a mistake or error-prone filly last year. And quirky anyway and I, I think a jockey will tell you one of the most frightening things is riding without irons because you basically have no control and you're in the heat of the battle out there and a lot of things can go wrong and uh you know not only did he make it to the line he ended up riding her through the lane and winning the race which was just uh, a great accomplishment and of course alex also our two-time defending riding champion. yeah would he win the title by this year one one, one. victory over julian Coutan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kasi, uh, certainly helpful in that area. So, yeah, uh, Alex Cruz, two for two with riding titles at Emerald Downs. He's expected to be back this year. Mm -hmm. He said that on yeah. there. Yeah. So we'll look forward to that. So uh, this weekend, uh, we're going to talk three-year-old stakes, but also background. Long Acres Mile Hero from last summer is in at Oaklawn in a $100,000-plus allowance race. He should be pretty tough after running second to that uh, – Market analysis. Yeah. yeah. A few weeks ago, market analysis is in the Oaklawn Mile. I thought background ran great yeah. last time, and she really showed that competitive spirit down the lane and uh, has some tactical speed. And, you know, his, his two running lines are the classic way you want to see it. You know, uh, ran okay in the debut, made some run, uh, improvement around the turn. Then last time was very competitive, came up a little short against the good horse. So I think he's sitting on a big effort. Yeah. And Immoral, who's uh, also owned by Bob and Molly Rondo and Mark Domenico, he's in a $200,000 three-year-old sprint stake at Turfway Park, the Animal Kingdom stakes. Immoral uh, is one for two lifetimes, so mm -hmm. he's something to keep an eye on as far as local ownership. They got a nice three-year-old, too. We've talked about Call Me Jamal. We'll have to find out what's going. There had been some talk he might run in the Arkansas yeah. Derby even. Yeah, he didn't go on that. So, and then training day, uh, also available on YouTube. We're going to start that next Thursday. So April 7th will be our first training day video. Uh, and uh, happy to bring that back. And it's been on for several years. So, okay, there's some news and notes. Um, I did want to mention Nina Hagen, who with her husband, Ron, operate Eldorado Farms. Nina Nina had a serious health issue. She had brain surgery. She had a tumor, and it was taken out. And uh, Vicki Potter showed me a picture of her. They didn't really have to, the medical staff didn't have to take all that much hair out, but she's got about a seven-inch incision on her head. She's back home. She's feeling good. And, of course, Nina is, uh, you can't find a harder worker than mm -hmm. her. She's about... Uh, 411 and 101 pounds but she handles all those big stallions and foals the mares along with mike uh, her top hand up there at el dorado and uh busy time of year for them with uh breeding and foaling going on so all of our best to nina hagen up at el dorado farms uh, nina and her husband ron won the sj agnew award from the wtboa in 2017 all right, we'll take a timeout. We're going to come back with John White on Horse Racing Northwest. 
The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Joe with the Vince Brune here at Emerald Downs. Thanks for joining us on audio or video. Video available at youtube.com. Go to YouTube, type in Emerald Downs Podcast, and uh, you'll get a few pictures and a video to support kind of the things we're talking about. And uh, happy to do that, our second video cast. Hey, uh, Barkley and Conveyance are the hot new stallions in the Northwest. Barkley has had his first foals hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Barkley, one of Emerald Downs' all-time greats, won 10 out of 20, won the mile. Uh, Would he win his first six starts, had that rivalry with Mach 1 Rules. Right. First or second horse in track history to win stakes at ages 2, 3, 4, and 5. Just, hey, like I said, one of the best in this track's history. And he's a son of Munnings, who is just still a red-hot sire nationally. So Barkley and Port Lyons got together and had this filly. Nice picture there up at uh, El Dorado. Barkley stands at El Dorado Farms in Enumclaw. I remember Port Lyons. Port yeah. Lyons is, uh, she won twice as a three-year-old, mm-hmm. daughter of Port Wakefield. Howard Belvoir had Port Wakefield. Howard Belvoir had Port Lyons. And Howard Belvoir is going to have this filly, too. And uh, also, Conveyance has uh, bred some really good mares around this state. He has about 12 foals on the grounds for 2022, according to Debbie Pabst at Blue Ribbon. Conveyance, the son of Indian Charlie. This is a filly out of Great Mom. Great Mom is her name, the mother, the mare, and that's her filly by Conveyance by her side. So a couple of uh, real strong possibilities for the future uh in washington breeding barkley and conveyance i like them both i like anything that's got indian charlie in there um for obvious reasons and munnings you know yeah and barkley like of ties he's a very interesting sire prospect in my opinion because he's an unorthodox kind of horse but he's got good blood and was a heck of a competitor so he'll be interesting and he's uh stamping most of his runners with that big white blaze great uh including that uh, Philly out of Port Lyons. So uh, the Kentucky Derby future wager, another one this weekend. We're getting closer, of course, to May 7th, Kentucky Derby Day, Emerald Downs. Uh, no live racing that day, but of course, we'll be open for Kentucky Derby uh, Gala and racing. Uh, great card that day, of course, from Churchill Downs. So uh, yeah, May 7th's the date, but a uh, future wager this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, another pool to get uh, get some interest in. And uh, when we talk three-year-olds, uh, it's time to bring on John White. No one better this time of year. He's done the data. He'll have some good opinions. They have a quarter of a mile to run, and Messier is in command. Cabo Spirit a length and a half behind, and the others are well back as Messier turns it on at the top of the stretch. 
and he is making his mark on the three-year-old crop. It's Messier putting on a dazzling display, opening up by 10, by 12. Messier all alone in the Robert B. Lewis Stakes. Messier, very impressive at Santa Anita and uh, looking toward the Santa Anita Derby on Saturday, April 9th at the Great Race Place, Santa Anita. And we're just going a few miles south down the road there to the home of our good Washingtonian friend, our great Washingtonian friend, and a very important time of the year for him, busy time. We're talking about John White. John, good day to you. Thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Great to be with you guys. Hi, John. Yeah, it's good to have John, who has his... I want to congratulate Vince for winning the Mark Kaufman Media Award. Congratulations. Vince. Thank you uh, to, uh, for to a fellow uh, Mark Kaufman Media Award winner. Thank you, John. That's right. Uh, You're very welcome. Very deserving. And, of course, you and I both knew Mark Kaufman very well. And uh, he was one of the giants of Pacific Northwest Racing. It's terrific that, it, that we have an award that keeps his name alive. Sure yeah. is, Yeah. It was great to have John up for him accepting his, and uh, it wasn't long after that. John was honorary steward for the Long Acres Mile. Always good to have John in town around mile time, mile week. Sometimes it was a little tougher getting up that next morning after meeting John, but uh, we, we got <laughs> through it, and uh, um, lots of good stories, as so many of you have heard. Uh, through John's appearances on the Win Play Show all those years on KJR and again here on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, John, uh, big weekend of three-year-old races, three-year-old stakes races, uh, a lot of the good horses in action. And, of course, those that aren't running this weekend will be running next weekend at uh, Santa Anita, Gulfstream, and uh, Keeneland. But, uh, hey, your, your column is outstanding this time of year. Um, it's uh, at Express Bet. And uh, where else might one find it? Just Google your John White uh, Express bet? Well, I would say Twitter because I always okay. post it at Twitter. Okay. You can go to at post time John, J-O-N, at post time John at Twitter. For instance, this week's uh, column is posted there at Twitter. Okay. Well, very good. And, uh, you know, one of the real attractions this weekend is the Arkansas Derby. D. Wayne Lucas is running a filly in the Arkansas Derby. And, you know, by all accounts, uh, well, he wouldn't probably have her in there if uh, she didn't have a great record. And Secret Oath has a great record uh, in the spring of two, uh, winter and spring of 2022. John, what do you think about Secret Oath on Saturday? Well, I think she's the one to beat, mm. uh, to me without question. Not only does she, in uh, the series, having won three consecutive races by a combined 23 lengths at uh, Oaklawn Park. But uh, if you go by thoroughgraph numbers, which to me are superior to the buyer speed figures, but I mean, she's had outstanding thoroughgraph numbers, really two of the best of this entire class in her last couple of races. She even overcame some trouble last time out to win and win going away. Of course, facing boys for the first time. That's something she has to prove. But as you alluded to, uh, Wayne Lucas has a tremendous record when it comes to running fillies against the boys. Uh, my number one horse on my top ten right now is Messier, who is headed at the Santa Anita Derby. 
And he's had three just fantastic workouts in a row leading up to the Santa Anita Derby. He's been transferred from Hall of Famer Bob Mafford, who won uh, the very first Long Acres Mile at Emerald Downs with his at Ingrid. I was mm-hmm. the that day for that race. But uh, Tim Yakin now calling the shots with Messier. And then uh, moving into number two on my top ten, Epicenter, who really there's just nothing to knock with him. He was so impressive winning the Louisiana Derby, uh, coming from off the pace, which is important to prove he could do that. Yeah. Since Formidable Kingdom is so fast, and looks like he will probably be the early leader in the Kentucky Derby. So it's a pretty important for somebody to show that they can come from off the pace, which Epicenter did. And I had Secret Open number two until. This week now she drops a notch to number three, but uh, look, this is really a talented filly. And you go back with E. Wayne Lucas. I was at Hollywood Park in 1982, and really the most impressive race I've ever seen a horse run in person. Even even more impressive than even the Yachty's Breeders' Cup Classic. No, really, Landa Lucy winning the Lassie Stakes just one week. After her maiden victory at Hollywood Park, one week later, she won a six furlong stakes race by 21 lengths. She was from the first crop of uh, Seattle Slough, mm-hmm. and she was just a phenomenal singer. I mean, he Wayne Lucas was very confident she was going to win the Kentucky Derby in 1983. Wow. Unfortunately, she died of a, of a bacterial virus. Uh, late uh, in her two-year-old year. That was a shocking death. Uh, just one of those freak things. By the way, a book will be coming out this summer on Landa Lucy, written by Mary Perdue. And she, believe me, I've helped her with this book. She's put a lot into it. I wrote the forward to this book, so keep an eye out for it. You can pre-order it right now at Amazon. But uh, you had Landa Lucy followed the next year by Althea, trained by D. Van Lucas. Now, she won the Hollywood Juvenile Championship against the boys in her second career start by 10 lengths wow. at Hollywood Park. And do you know who finished second that race? A future Hall of Famer, Precision. Now, <laughs> Althea, when she was a three-year-old, she got beat in the fantasy at Oakland Park, but came back one week later in the Arkansas Derby and won by seven lengths. And yeah. she tied the track record that day as a three-year-old filly. And believe me, Althea ran a big enough race that day, tying the track record, that she would have won a lot of Kentucky Derbies with that effort. And do you realize that her time of 146 and 4 fifths seconds is still the stakes record all these years later? 38 years later, Althea holds the stakes record for the Arkansas Derby. A Philly holds that stakes record. I was not aware of uh, that. John White joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, uh, recapping uh, Landa Luce, who I don't think ran against the boys in her brief career as a two-year-old. That's correct. But That's Althea, right. I, I wasn't uh, was not familiar with the fact she won the Hollywood Juvenile Championship over Precisionist, none other than him. That was Althea, yeah. Yeah, and she uh, she was certainly one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby that year. I don't remember if she was the distinct favorite. I, well, what happened, and here's the thing about was. Lucas. Listen, I first met him in the spring of 1981 at Hollywood Park. And to show you how smart that guy was, 
when I interviewed him for the first time, I started to walk off. I was with the Daily Racing Forum, a daily columnist and a reporter. And in my first meeting with Lucas, he stopped me and he said, by the way, would you please refrain from writing anything about how nice our barn looks here? He says, we've had a lot of that. A lot of the other trainers are kind of jealous about that. <laughs> and believe me, as I was walking away from his barn, I was going to throw that in because his barn was an absolute show place. He made, and it's continued to be that way throughout his career. But that's how smart he was. He knew I was going to put that in there. Yeah. And it was kind of a test for me, too, because the fact that he asked me not to write it and I honored his request, it's one of the reasons I got along for many, many years for, for my entire writing career and television career with D. Wade Lucas, because if he told me something off the record, it stayed off the record. But well, Lucas is a very smart man. And the I thing am. about Althea was, in those days, Joe and Vince, the Arkansas Derby was two weeks after, uh, before the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Only two weeks later, she ran in the Kentucky Derby. Now, if they had buyer speed figures back in those days, I hate to think what her number would have been in the Arkansas Derby tying the track record. I mean, it would have been off the chart. And this would have been the prime example of a horse of what they call regressing or bouncing. Because yeah. for her to ship from Arkansas to Churchill Downs and run two weeks later in the Kentucky Derby was just asking too much of her. But the proof that Lucas learned from his mistakes is he would come back later and uh, win the Kentucky Derby with winning colors, of course, in 1988. And uh, that was only the third Philly to ever win the Kentucky Derby. But Lucas knew that it was important to have more time between that final race before the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Derby. And with the winning colors, he had one month, not two weeks. And now he's going to have five weeks, whether he opts for the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky Oaks. Either way, he's going to have five weeks because of the change on the calendar for the Arkansas Derby. And Lucas has alluded to how important this factor is that he's running in the Arkansas Derby is the fact that he has the five-week gap to either the Oaks or the Derby at Churchill Downs in early May. So, you know, he, he, this guy really knows what he's doing. His record speaks for itself. And, uh, boy, I think that's how exciting would this be if he oh. really wins the Arkansas Derby goes to the Kentucky Derby as a contender, and what a feather. You know, one of the few things Mr. Lucas has not accomplished in his career is winning the Triple Crown. Mm. But he would be the only trainer in history to win the Kentucky Derby twice with a Philly. So that would be yet another tremendous achievement on his part if he could pull this off. I could tell, uh, John, Vince... Uh... Vince, working in media relations down there at Santa Anita for so many years, I'm sure you've got a couple of stories about traveling over to his barn. Yeah, and also working with the racing forum. And I think you're talking about barn 66 there, and it was immaculate. Um, but I, unlike you, did not have a $1,000, 1,000% batting <laughs> average with Wayne. And speaking of Phillies, I made the mistake one morning of asking if Serena's song was going to run against the boys in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, in the Santa Anita Derby. And I caught it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. He let me know on uncertain terms to beat it. Seems like a legitimate question to me. It was. I caught him at a bad time. You know, I well, the one thing with Wayne Lucas, and I'm sure John knew this too, he had his phone work early in the morning there. Uh, this was before cell phones. And I kind of interrupted him in between 
phone calls there, okay. staying outside of his office. And I think that was part of the problem. But on the other hand, he was gracious with me many, many times and uh, would chide me uh, in a nice way if I picked one of his horses and it got beaten it in, or it won if I picked against it or whatever. So he knew, like John said, he knew the media game better than anybody. And uh, I don't want to make it sound like he was an ogre. He was generally pretty darn good to deal with, you know. Well, well yeah. one thing about all trainings is as whether you're a broadcaster, a journalist, or in media relations or publicity, knowing when to talk to somebody yeah. and yeah. when not to talk to somebody. Right. Particularly in the morning when trainers are very busy doing their work uh, is very key. And people that really don't learn that uh, don't get very much information. So. That's a real important aspect to dealing with trainers is knowing when yeah. to speak in and ask the questions. And that's one thing I learned early on with uh, Mr. Lucas was that to hit him at the, at the right time. And that was very important. Yeah, Dennis Dodge, of course, the late Dennis Dodge, just a tremendous reporter and handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum for so many years. He, he also would uh, approach a lot of, say, tougher trainers by bringing up uh, one of their good victories uh, very early in the conversation yeah. to kind of get them smiling Better a little move, bit. Yeah, yeah he, he was good at that. He goes, yeah, bud, oh, just, well, ta just talk about his one most... Of the, <laughs> one of the big tricks I learned was that often have something that could be helpful to the trainer. I used to walk around with a national stick schedule. Mm. And uh, this yeah. was before we had computers, and this information was so widely available. And uh, by having that, a lot of times, especially when I would be writing about fake horses, I would be able to tell a trainer, hey, you know, uh, here are some of the other races across the country for this particular affiliate for this particular horse. In other words, I, I would carry a condition book that fake schedule, lots of things I notebook that I could also be helpful to the trainer. And that's another thing that really helped me get along and get good at information. It's, yep. it's why like, I was sitting in the press box one day at Del Mar and got a phone call, and it was John Sullivan. He was the trainer of the Bart. The Bart's the horse that barely lost the first million-dollar thoroughbred race, the Arlington Million of 1981, to John Henry, the great John Henry. And the, in the phone call, I... Uh, I picked up the phone and I heard, John Boy, this is John Sullivan. I've got a scoop for you. And I said, oh, John, what's that? And he said, the box is retired. And I said, well, I'm very sorry to hear that, uh, but uh, so what can you tell me? And that, that's how I got the story. And I learned that from Joe Hirsch. Joe Hirsch, hmm. the great daily racing forum columnist, took me under his wing early in my uh, career. And I, he was one of my many great mentors. And that was one of the things I learned about Joe. Plus, Joe was the guy that kind of taught me, don't make it a one-man street. Having things that could be helpful to the trainer. My, one of my favorite photos is from 1984 at Hollywood Park when I first met Woody Stevens. Of course, won five straight Belmont stakes, one of the greatest trainers of all time. And at first, he was not being all that you know, helpful to me. Uh, he was running a horse called Saban, a filly, the day before the Breeders' Cup, and she was in the running for an Eclipse Award that year that ended up going the Royal Heroine. He won the very first Breeders' Cup mile. And I'm walking down the road with Woody, and I've got a, a Gary Jones hat on, but in my hand are the 
in Woody Stevens' hands are the past performances for his race. Mm-hmm. And again, before computers and everything, I would have these past performances for stakes races early provided by the racing form, and I would let trainers look at these. And believe me, they just lapped that up. And the minute I said to Woody, I said, do you want to see the past performances for this race? Boy, I mean, it was like you flipped the switch. Sure. And suddenly I was getting all kinds of information from one of the great trainers uh, in, in racing history. By the way, Joe Hirsch, a tremendous fan of D. Wayne Lucas, too. I remember Joe would That's take right. us to dinner with the Daily Racing Forum, the classy gentleman that he was. And I said something semi-derogatory about Wayne. And, and, he, and in a very gentlemanly way, he set me straight on that. <laughs> Did you realize what that man has accomplished? You know, And he went on to list all the great things he had done in the sport, not only as a trainer, but in a, in a public relations sense, that he was the greatest thing we got going at the time. So, uh, yeah, Joe was a huge fan of Lucas. Well, for any budding journalists out there listening, there's some good tips from John White on uh, doing interviews and approaching people to try and get some information. Which... By the way, speaking of, speaking of interviews, one of my favorite times in all of television was the first year I worked at Santa Anita in, in TV doing commentary, you know, for the simulcast network. I put together a whole series of features. I sure wish they had saved these. They were like a minute and a half to two minute features, and we called them great moments. And hmm. we would show a great moment from Santa Anita, and then we would get a quick comment from the trainer. And Kurt Hoover and I, on a golf cart, went over to the D. Wayne Lucas barn one morning, and I explained to him what we were after, and we mic'd them up, and the camera and got ready and everything, and I said, uh, so tell me about Land of E.C. And he said, John, don't ask a question. Just give me the name of the horse, and I'll take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that's what we did. I'd go, Land of Lucy, Althea, and just right down the line. And, I mean, the guy would give you the perfect sound bite. And, uh, you know, a lot of those trainers, it was like pulling teeth to get them to make a good comment that we could use for, for this uh, television feature. And I know, Joe, you're – very familiar with uh, that kind of, uh, of situation. That's where D. Wayne Lucas turns out to be a person's dream because all I had to do was say the name of the horse and he took it from there. Yeah, that is great. Uh, Frank Lucarelli's pretty good up here. Um, in fact, uh, Cy, Cy Labar, who's producing, editing this show, he, after a couple of years, he goes, hey, Frank, you know, he goes like 22 to 24 seconds almost every time. You can count on it, and it's usually uh, don't have to cut anything. So, yeah, some guys are better than that at others, and, and Lucas helped you out nicely. John White, our well, guest. Another Long Acres Mile memory I have from television is I was doing the post-race interview with Jim Finney mm-hmm. after one of his many Long Acres Mile wins, and we were up against the clock. And the producer was telling me in Uh-oh. the ear, don't interview Penny because <laughs> he talks too much. And we don't have time. He's only got one minute, and there's no way you can hold him to one minute. I said it's True. too important for Penny to not be on this show, and I promise you I'll keep him to one minute. And I had to really argue for that, <laughs> and I won. But I'm telling you, I put the fear of God into Mr. Jim Penny. <laughs> And I knew him well enough, and he knew me well enough that he believed me. And I said, Jim, I'm not kidding around. We have exactly one minute left in this show. You have exactly like 40 seconds is all you can say. And I'm not kidding around here, Jim. 
I'm going to cut you off if you're not done in yep. 40 seconds. So that's the deal here. Will you do that? <laughs> he goes, yes. We and all, we did it. Yeah. The producer said that's one of the greatest accomplishments <laughs> I've ever seen in the history of racing is keeping Jim Penny down to less than one minute. Don't I know that? Jim loved to lay deep background before he got to the heart of the answer, but uh, uh, original inaugural class of the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame, the late Jim Penny. Uh, John, uh, you like Secret Oath in the Arkansas Derby. What about uh, the race at Turfway Park, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, and also at Gulfstream uh, this week, we've got the Fountain of Youth. The Florida Derby. Or the Florida Derby. Dang, they ran the Fountain of Youth. Well, the you... Jeff Ruby to me is a very wide open race. Uh, I, I actually thought the Tunes of the Bomb was a Kentucky Derby contender maybe earlier in the year, but he ran so poorly in the Holy Bowl uh, that uh, I certainly don't really see him as that, although he's continued to work exceptionally well on the dirt all along, all, all this time in in Florida, and then even more recently at Keeneland. But uh, he does have a win over the track in the John Bataglia Memorial, which was run over that synthetic surface. By the way, uh, to show you again my experience in this game, John Bataglia Jr., the son of the of the person who that race is named after, I worked with the Louisiana Downs in 1976. I was the chart caller, and he was the call taker. And wow. they brought us the racing form one day for the next day. And there was this picture of this kid at Riverdowns. And I started laughing. And John Bataglia Jr. said, what's so funny? And I said, when did they start letting 10-year-old kids ride anywhere? And he said, that kid's not 10. He, he's, and he says, believe me, when it's all said and done, you'll say he, this is one of the greatest jockeys of all time. Oh, I know. And I said, well, what's he doing at River Downs? And he says, he's just starting. He said, you follow this kid. Believe me, he's, he's going to be one of the greatest of all time. Well, it was Steve Cotton, who was the guy picture on yeah. the front of that racing board. And John Bottega Jr. was certainly right about that. So, yeah, indeed. Well, I, I, I'm going to stick with uh, is the Bond, but okay. I think that's a wide open race. And I think it could be right for a big upset. But this Florida Derby is really exciting. There's no question about it. It is. It's got uh, three of the horses ranked in my top ten. Number five, uh, number four, Classic Causeway. Number five, Simplification. Number six, White Barrio. And then you've got a very exciting up-and-comer from the Barn of uh, Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher, uh, too, is coming off a huge maiden win and could be any kind. I mean, this horse just lumped last time out in 135 and change. And looks like he could be, uh, who knows? I mean, if he wins the Florida Derby, he charges and wins it. And he's a beautifully bred colt, too. So he's exciting coming into the race. I'm going with Classic Cosby. Okay. I'm a n- little nervous that he doesn't have better buyer figures since his maiden win when he got a 90 at Saratoga in his debut. And he's coming back in just three weeks. Uh, now, nowadays, that's an extremely fast turnaround. <laughs> I right. talked about Landa Lucy as a two-year-old. She came back in one week after her maiden win. I talked about Althea running in the Arkansas Derby one week after the fantasy. Nowadays, three weeks is like uh, hardly a, a, you know, that's an extremely fast turnaround. The classic Cosby won the Tampa Bay Derby so comfortably. After the race, he looked like he wasn't tired at all. 
came back. I mean, I thought he could have run in the next race if they'd wanted him to, or certainly the next day. And uh, so I think that's one of the reasons he's come back uh, to run in this race. He came back with a very sharp workout at Palm Meadows, officially in 47 and change, but daily racing for him clocked him at 46 and change, hmm. and he did it very easily. So I just think this is a very special colt. I have him at 50 to 1 in the future book. So nice. I'm certainly kind of, that's part of where my thinking is coming along with him. But I also have simplification and, uh, uh, White Barrio in the future book at pretty nice numbers too. So I wouldn't be, it wouldn't crush me if either of them won either because I'm except for a good score in the Kentucky Derby if any one of those three win. Simplification, I think, is a very good colt. He got a 96 buyer when he won the Fountain Youth and he did so coming from off the pace. And White Barrio looked very good when he won the uh, Holy Bull and defeated Simplification. Yeah. But I came away from that race more impressed with Simplification because Simplification was expected to be on the lead early in the Holy Bowl, and he got left at the gate. And I thought at the start, and I thought it was more impressive for Simplification, actually, to run second after the bad start than even for White Barrio to win. On the other hand, White Barrio had missed some training into the Holy Bowl, and so anyway, you slice it, his 97 buyer in that race shows he's certainly a uh, a very, very good colt in his own right. And uh, so I think he's certainly a major player. And then, like I say, you have this target. I think, really, of all the Kentucky Derby uh, races we've had leading up to the run for the Roses so far, this is the strongest. Yeah. Uh, with three out of my top ten entered in the race. I've got to be agreeing with you. Yeah, you've uh, you've written about Classic Causeway in your column a couple of times. Some people are knocking him, uh, but he has won some nice races, and he is a very talented, I believe, the final crop from Sire Giants Causeway as well. So Yeah, one of only three folds from yeah. his final crop, and all three have won. Yeah. So, uh, Classic Causeway, uh, John's top pick there in the Florida Derby Saturday, along with the Arkansas Derby and the Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, at Turfway Park. Some uh, great action this weekend. John, uh, always so good to have you on. We'll, uh, we'll get you on before the Kentucky Derby as well for your selections there. But uh, look up John's information. Uh, give us that uh, Twitter handle once again. It's post time, John. It's post time. I mean, not it's post time. It's post time. J-O-N. Post time, J O N. Post time, John. Okay, very good. John, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the racing week at uh, Santa Anita, where he is busy making the morning line there and concentrating on those races and just a week away from the Santa Anita Derby. John, thank you so much. Great to be with you guys. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Thanks very much to John. And I got to remember we're on TV because Cy, you know, gave me this note here to. I shouldn't put this up because he says, keep the papers down. So I will try and do that, you know, because it's a little TV now. TV and vid, or video and audio podcast, Horse gonna, Racing I'm, Northwest. I'm going to name a yearling, keep papers down. Well, it'll be an inside joke. Okay. All right. I didn't know you had a broodmare. <laughs> I don't. Oh, okay. If I ever have one. Yeah, you probably will. Um, hey, let's do our sports short. I'm going to uh, do something I learned from John's column, his Express Bet column. And there is a Washington bred by the name of Frisky Zeus, who was sired by Menon. No, by Zeus. That was always a, a funny sire name that I thought. The name of the sire is 
by Zeus. It's not Zeus who's by Zeus. It's so you're by by Zeus. <laughs> yeah, you have to say Turbulator by twice. was out of a by Zeus mare. Anyway, Frisky Zeus won his seasonal debut in 1963, and again in 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, and 69. Seven years in a row, Washington bred Frisky Zeus won his seasonal debut, which is pretty darn outstanding. You know John, John was there for several one of those. You know what odds he went off at on those? Uh, That'd be fun. He was favorite. John uh, delineates a lot of that in, in a column in February. Um, and he was there for several of them at Yakima Meadows. And he told uh, his dad's buddy that uh, the lock of the year is running today at Yakima. What? And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, Frisky Zeus. First out of the year. He'll win. And he did seven years in a row. Salt Grinder at Emerald Downs in our history, a double stakes winner here. He won his seasonal debut six different years, not in a row, but he was outstanding for Jim Penny and Kate Cooper. But Frisky Zeus did it seven seasons consecutively seasonal debut victory vince okay since we're strolling down memory lane yeah. here showing our age i'll go along with that theme mine is even more obscure than that um do you know what happened 52 years ago today march 31st 1970 well i i might be one of three people in the pacific northwest who remember this march of 70 was that the first earth day no it probably was yeah sometime around then uh, not a bad guess, but no, that wasn't a sport thing back yeah. then. Now, 52 years ago tonight, my father and I were in the Seattle Center Coliseum because we all know we got an NHL team now, but the original pro team in Seattle was the Totems, not the T-Birds or the Thunderbirds or the Western Hockey League amateurs. The Seattle Totems, the old Western Hockey League. So in 69-70, the top four teams make the playoffs, and the Seattle Totems and the Phoenix Roadrunners ended up in a tie for fourth. So they had a one-game playoff. In Seattle at the Seattle Center Coliseum, now Climate Pledge Arena. And Seattle won. They were down one nothing going to third period. Bob Corsi, who was a great right-wing goal scorer, scored twice in the final three minutes. And Ray LaRose amped it, added an empty netter, and the place went absolutely crazy. And Seattle won 3-1 to and made the playoffs. And they ended up losing to Portland 4-2, the Portland Buckaroos back then, 4-2 in the uh, semifinals. But that was a, a fun night. There was probably about 9,000 people in the Coliseum. One game playoff, huh? One game playoff. And I think that the next day, the pilots were announced they were moving to Milwaukee. No Wasn't that the April Fool's Day joke of 1970? So big time in Seattle sports back then. But that was a great memory for me. Again, showing my age, but since we do have an NHL Don't team talk now. about your age when you're a lot younger than I am. That's well, not nice. We both, we, we're getting wisdom, which okay. is great. Yeah, I wasn't around for Frisky Zeus, actually. Oh, I was around. I was around somewhere, but I didn't see that horse run live, although he did run a couple more years. Okay. You know what? There's probably no video footage of either yeah. event where both or I are talking about it. There might be some of Frisky oh, yeah. Zeus somewhere, yeah. Well, there'd be some, uh, I bet you that uh, totem game, too, uh, in the archives of King Como or Cairo. Uh, covering oh, right. Game. Yeah, they yeah. sure were all there for that. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a time out, come back, and uh, talk about some industry members who unfortunately left us some prominent people in the Washington thoroughbred industry. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. 
Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Eighth of a mile from home and the 74th running of the Derby. On the inside, five-star general. On the outside, it's explode in deep stretch. Five-star general, explode on the outside. They hit the wire. Five-star general to win it. Horse Racing North West continues, and that exciting call of the 2019 BC Derby won by Glenn Todd's five-star general, a very thrilling race. And the call of that race was done by track announcer and uh, head of uh, simulcasting and media at Fraser Downs and, of course, Hastings, Dan Jukic, who joins us on the line to talk about, unfortunately, the late Glenn Todd. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Joe, for having me on. And, uh, yes, he was a, a well-known figure in the Northwest. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Glenn, uh, it's just he was such a huge part. I mean, you were there every day, and um, we know of his importance in British Columbia in racing, in uh, purchasing horses at sales, and what, he run five, six horses a day, and... Uh, Actually, the loan last year to keep racing alive, the interest-free loan. Um, Mike Puich said uh, he was a huge part of Pegasus Training Center in Redmond, in our area, uh, supporting that. And uh, he told Mike last summer, he said, yeah, buy, buy, buy a few down there. I'm going to support those breeders in Washington, too. And he ended up buying the sales topper at our summer sale last year but glenn did pass away last weekend at the age of 75 and you knew him well dan yeah you know it's funny i part of my other duties was uh, taking entries on uh, entry day and glenn would always come in and uh, give me his entries to put in i don't know whether it's because he trusted me to put them in right or what but anyways <laughs> and and of course glenn and i you know we're both yankee fans i hate to oh. say that but we are yankee fans and we'd always commiserate about how well or, or well they weren't doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was a great sports fan, uh, supported your casino up there and wagering. And, and in recent years, he, he trained a lot of his own horses um, after Troy Taylor retired. And boy, what a run they had starting, what, about uh, 2000, early 2000s? Well, 2007 uh, was their first uh, combination of the Todd Kinsella and Troy Taylor mm. uh, era, if you want to call it that, and they ran all the way through to 2012. Mm -hmm. So for six years, they were the top dogs here at Hastings. Oh, for sure. We just saw win after win, and uh, 
Uh, Mike Puich was a good friend of Glenn's and, of course, Dr. Mark Domenico and Glenn combined for co-ownership on so many horses. And again, uh, Glenn wintered a lot of horses at Pegasus. And I remember uh, Mike telling me about him before I'd met him, uh, Vince, that, uh, yeah, he, this guy is just a super guy. You won't believe him. He's just like Mike Pegram. And I remember the first time he won a race, uh, down at Emerald Downs, it was a stakes race on mile day. Uh, his horse dead heated in the distaff. What was her name again? I said Holy Holy Nova. Nova. Yeah. yeah, Holy Nova. Yeah, yeah, Holy they Nova. Got dead some holes out of her now. Yeah, and she dead heated for a win in our distaff. And Glenn was down there in the winter circle, and we were talking, and and he was a little gruff. You know, he 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 uh, he's kind of looked up the crowd, and he goes, I don't know what your crowd's doing here, letting her go off at eleven to one or something or ten to one. You know, she's way she's way better than that, and and she won. And I told Mike afterwards, I says, Wow, Glenn, uh, he wasn't all that friendly, and he won the race. He goes, Oh, he's a super, you know, and I got to know him too, and he. Just a fantastic guy. Operated that Derby restaurant right across the border. Handicapping contest every Saturday. And dang, uh, Dan, uh, it's just a huge, huge loss for your industry. Yeah, it's a huge hole in the industry for sure. And it'll be interesting to see what does happen. I mean, he's got, you know, quite a few stake stars up here. And five-star general and broad approval and Prince Mm -hmm. Cairo, Princess of Cairo. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what the family does, you know, in, in the short term, uh, with these horses, because, um, it's, uh, they're, they're needed here, but Hey, you've got to look after what you got to look after too. I, uh, uh, when I heard the bad news last weekend, I found a, a great picture Reed Palmer had taken after Glenn won the Long Acres Mild in 2012 with Taylor Said, and so I tweeted out a picture of Glenn with his arm around Mario Gutierrez, mm-hmm. and it was really a, a, a great picture. And then sure enough, last weekend, Mario Gutierrez is at Sunland Park, won the Sunland Derby. I don't know if you guys saw it on Slow Down Andy, and he was interviewed by Tom Dawson after the race. He was a little bit choked up, said there was a man from Vancouver looking down on him winning this race today. So he also had a profound effect on a jockey named Mario Gutierrez. Well, Mario, you know, started his uh, career here at Hastings, uh, brought up through uh, Wayne Snow and Terry Jordan. Uh, Glenn took him under his wing, and um, I just read the story where it said he kicked him down to Santa Anita, and they both (laughs) had tears in their eyes, and he said, don't you come home, because this is the best thing for you. Boy, and uh, Mario Gutierrez winning two Kentucky Derbies, and... And for us Northwest fans, the, each year that he won the Kentucky Derby, he also won the Long Acres Mile here at Emerald Taylor Downs. said, and then Point Piper and Glenn Todd. Taylor said. Taylor said. Great win that year over uh, a nice horse called Winning Machine. That was, uh, I think, Glenn, I, looking at the article we wrote that day, had like 16 buses coming down. Does that sound right, Dan? For all yeah, kinds probably. Of friends. I mean, yeah. that was Glenn's style. You know, hey, let's go down there and. No matter where it is, Glenn was a supporter of oh, racing. Yeah. And he wanted to see everyone do well. He did. He knew it was best for the game, and uh, he had the means to, to be a big player. And wow, wow, what a big player. I mean, tremendous. Uh, the, the the race call that we played there, the 2019 
BC Derby five-star general, a race that he really wanted to win. He won it a couple years earlier than that, and then that was his second BC Derby win, but it took him a long time to win one of those. And I think you've told me he's won every stake that, that's been offered up there over the years. Yeah, I know. When he won the um, the first BC Derby in 2016, was sorry about nothing. Mm. Um, it wasn't really what he wanted. He wanted the Derby, but he wanted the Derby with Mario Gutierrez. <laughs> okay. And that's and, what he got uh, with Five Star that's General. What, that's what he really wanted, and he got it with Five Star General. As you played the call, I called Five Star General as the winner, but when I saw the photo, I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, what do they do? It did get close, because didn't it, it? It was that close. It was that close. And uh, that day, the race before, he won the BC Oaks, Glenn Todd did, with Amazonian. And after the BC Derby, he won the Premiers with He's the Reason. So that wow. was... Uh, can't get much better of a day than that at one track, winning three consecutive stakes with those red and white blocks. Big exactly. stakes. Exactly, and they certainly will be sorely missed here. Uh, yeah, uh, he Glenn has, of course, a couple daughters, and uh, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you guys aren't too far from your opening day, Kentucky Derby Day, May 7th. Um, hopefully, Glenn's horses will have a big present this year and in the future, but uh, those things remain to be seen. But... Uh, uh, you know, he ran so many horses here, especially the last couple years when the, the COVID years, when the Hastings, uh, you guys didn't run really any stakes last year, did you, Dan? No, no, okay. we just ran a few um, uh, breeder stakes, and but as for a stakes program, nothing last year in 2021 at all. You yeah. did run second in the 2020 mile, uh, mile here with was it uh, five star general, five star general, five star general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, behind yeah. another twist of fate, yeah. Yeah. Is is there any services been planned yet, uh, Dan? As far as I know, there's been nothing, but I'm sure they'll they'll need a big arena or a a big venue yeah. because uh, uh, not only in the racing. I mean, as we all know, Glenn owned about I don't know 24 other companies from wow. border um, uh, clearance places to bank machine places, and I mean, you know, and he was never ever. Um, shy about paying his employees. Outstanding. He always felt that, that they should be paid properly. Great. Just more and, good information yeah. on uh, the great life and uh, huge. It's it's just uh, that's an understatement, no matter what we say, on the importance of Glenn Todd in British Columbia thoroughbred racing and uh, such a big factor in the last 10 to 15 years in, in our program down here as well. So, Well, he wasn't shy about buying yearlings in no. Washington or B.C. Right. Uh, he wanted to support both sides of the border, that's for sure. But, you know, interesting, you talk about Glenn being a, an all-sports guy. Um, he yeah. is in the B.C. Um, Horse Racing Hall of Fame, but he's also in the um, B.C. Sports Hall of Fame. But he went in as a builder for softball because he built – a huge complex just on the other side of the border called Softball City yeah. for, for women's softball. And, and um, I did read a, that, you know, yeah. All yeah. over the place. Interesting, uh, yeah. He, Dave Harrisberger just, was big into softball, too, oh, one yeah. of our big owners down here, yeah. What a loss, Dan. I don't know how you guys can replace a gentleman like that. Oh, boy. No, you really can't. And, um, well, it'll be the same as if you lost a big owner at, uh, at Emerald that, you know, has lots of... Uh, uh, horses and and they support everything and uh, you know it it will be a, a hole that'll be missed but uh, hey you got to trudge on yeah you do and Dan uh, 
thank you for joining us. You've been a big part. Dan's actually in two Hall of Fames up there in British Columbia. Dan, you're in the um, BC Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. What's the other one? You're the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, congratulations, wow. man. That is uh, thank you. You too, Joe. I mean, you're going to catch up soon too. <laughs> Joe's in the in the Washington Racing Hall of Fame as of June 2021. Yeah, exactly, and and well deserved, and and uh, uh, probably uh, long overdue. Yes, well, sir. Thanks for uh, your info and and uh, inf- your uh, speaking to the life uh, of Glenn Todd, Dan. Appreciate it very much. Well, you know, anything, I do anything for Glenn and, uh, so many people, a great guy. And, uh, you know, we'll remember him for sure. Oh, you better believe it. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Thanks gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Dan Jukic joining us on horse racing Northwest, uh, speaking to Glenn Todd, an all time British Columbia great for sure. And, uh, we, Again, hope to see those red and white blocks uh, for many years to come. Glenn has a couple daughters, and of course, one right. is, one is uh, involved in his business. So, yep, gut punch to the industry, but Glenn was a beloved man. Yeah, um, we did have another passing a couple weeks ago. Wayne McDonald. Many of you are certainly aware of Wayne, who was a famous agent for Ron Hansen. Ron won stakes races at Long Acres, uh, the final five or six seasons there at a tremendous rate, uh, double the rate of, uh, say, Gary Bays, the all-time leading uh, stakes-winning jockey in Longacre's history. And uh, Wayne was an outstanding horseman, too. Wayne uh, had about a five- or six-year battle with colon cancer, and he was one tough opponent for that disease because he battled and battled and battled and... uh, Unfortunately, Wayne did pass at the age of 71 uh, a couple of weekends ago, and uh, his sister, Patty Lydon, trained Mm -hmm. a few horses. Wayne Mm -hmm. would come down and help her out, and Wayne had a job in the Long Acres Turf Club when he was a teenager, and uh, his dad was really into Seattle sports, boxing and, and horse racing, and Dick McDonald passed away a few years ago. They I remember had, seeing him in the box. Yeah. You know, the box right down below the media center and kind of a hubbub of activity uh, every race day at Long Acres. Uh, and Wayne, uh, Wayne picked things up. Real confident guy always. Uh, trained a couple of horses for his dad and spent some time up there running them in Canada. And just uh, he wasn't the type that say I learned this from this guy or I learned that from that guy he he would take credit for what he knew and what he um 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 what's my word uh he his his own style Mm -hmm. was his own he owned it and uh he built his training he trained native chic oh I got a quick always a cinch story Mm -hmm. Wayne um was an agent a trainer an agent uh, made a lot of money as an agent for Ron Hansen, as we well know. But uh, in the early 80s, he was training, and they watched this two-year-old uh, train at Long Acres, and Wayne wanted to claim the horse if he ran in a maiden claimer. His name was always a cinch. And Wayne found a client, and it was a hard sell to get him to jump in. It was a, it was a high claiming price for Long Acres, just below the maiden special weight level. He got the owner to jump in and claim this horse for a big number and the horse ran fifth always a cinch and the owner 
was not happy. The way Wayne told the story, the owner was miserable. He was miserable. He claimed a dud, all this money for a two-year-old. Well, next time out, the horse won a maiden special weight. Then he won an allowance and he won the juvenile championship. Oh, I forgot a big part of the story. The big part of the story is that after the horse ran fifth in his career debut and did get claimed, the owner was miserable because he ran bad and paid all that money and he wanted Wayne to sell the horse. That's the big part of the story. Sell this horse. I don't want him. And Wayne couldn't find anybody, you know, because the horse ran fifth. Um, but he did find somebody to buy one quarter of the horse. So the original owner now owns three quarters. And uh, as I did mention, he won a maiden special weight next time out, then an allowance next time, stakes place. Then he won the juvenile championship. And he was on the Kentucky Derby Trail as a three-year-old. He won the California Derby, went back to Kentucky. But all this time, the owner, Wayne said, was miserable. <laughs> and this horse is doing all this stuff. He might run in the Kentucky Derby. Why was he miserable? Because he only owned three quarters of the horse. He wanted to own yeah. the whole horse now. So the guy was miserable after the claim. And he was miserable when Wayne sold a quarter. And he was miserable when the horse was doing good. But Wayne stuck in there. And Wayne had Native Sheik in the mile. Uh, he also had, uh, you remember Daylight Delia. Yeah, I remember her beating one of my favorites, Our Legacy. And I think we mentioned it was 84 Everett. Is that what we figured? Mm -hmm. And, and I, the uh, Ms. Stakes as a three-year-old. I kind of liked Daylight Delia that day, but I was so loyal to Our Legacy that I was kicking myself <laughs> on the way home because I knew she was going to fire. You know, um, when I think about Wayne McDonald, racing is a business. There's money at stake and it's important. We get it. But it's also kind of a fun business, right? It's supposed to be anyway. And Wayne McDonald, boy, he had fun with a capital F while doing all these things at the racetrack. So I think he had a great 71-year run. You know, that's uh, very apt that you would say that because Chris Eklund, uh, who is uh, married to uh, Kelly Steiner, or uh, uh, Steiner, Joe and Sally's daughter, mm -hmm. uh, not Kelly, oh, darn it. Anyway. Um, he was mentored by Wayne as an agent, Chris Eklund was, and he said the same thing that you just said. He goes, Wayne goes, Hey, I've, li I've lived as much as three people, I think in my life. So he goes, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, worried about anything. So anyway, uh, yeah, Wayne did pass at the age of 71, uh, just, uh, had a tremendous run and, uh, Spent a lot of time at Mount Ra Mountaineer Park. Mm -hmm. uh, he spent enough time there where he needed to spend a few more years and get a pension, which he did. That's why he spent so much time back there. And of course, uh, yeah, that box seat. Doris Harwood said some really nice things about him. Doris was a jockey, of course. Doris in our Hall of Fame as a trainer. Um, started working for a couple trainers, including Wayne. And she said he was one outstanding horseman. He mm -hmm. knew everything was organized. Sometimes he'd come in without sleeping at about 5 a.m. with some girl in high heels in tow with him, come to the barn, and but he would uh, give the orders and be in complete control, and uh, his horses looked great. And she goes, I learned a lot from Wayne McDonald. He was a great horseman. You know what would be fun is if Hollywood made the, the Ron Hansen story to think about who would play Ron Hansen and who would play Wayne McDonald, because yeah. those would be great parts for the good actors. There's a <laughs> lot of content in there that yeah. uh, could be movie-making <laughs> material. So, 
our condolences to Patty and, and actually Wayne and Patty's brother, Dennis, passed away early this mm. year also. So a uh, tough year for Patty yeah, Wayne, Leiden. Boy, he did a lot of different things, though, didn't he? Yeah. All of them well. And he really enjoyed following Mark Glatt's horses the last uh, right. several years. He became very close to Mark Glatt um, and uh, talked to Mark every day. And Mark learned a lot from Wayne. And uh, Wayne uh, would tell Mark where he went wrong. Wayne was, he would do that in a nice way, but he was a very confident guy in uh, his analysis and his foresight. So a uh, couple of losses there. And, you know, um, Tom Gillahan also passed away recently. Terry Gillahan's younger brother, Tom, worked around the track a little bit, was an outstanding carpenter. And uh, he contracted an illness as well and did pass recently. So our condolences to the Gillahan family as well. So a little bit uh, downer there in our last segment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Selections. For this upcoming weekend, I'm going to go to Turfway Park and the Jeff Ruby. John mentioned a couple times what a wide open race that was. And uh, Tis the Bomb certainly deserves to be the favorite off his four career victories and three stakes wins and recent win in the John Battaglia at Turfway Park. But he beat Stolen Base narrowly. Stolen Base is in there. I'm going to go to, uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a sire play. Quality Road is one of my favorite sires. And so many people, of course, know Quality Roads uh, runners as exceptional. That's no secret. But Black Adder is toward the outside at 15 to 1, uh, trained by uh, Randolph Brissett. And Edwin Maldonado is going to ride him back after winning the El Camino Real Derby on the Golden Gate Synthetic. And Black Adder looks to be training well. He broke his maiden at Santa Anita going a flat mile, and his next start was in his first on the synthetic in the El Camino Real. He won that. He beat 10 there. He's shipping, and you know, at a mile and an eighth, don't worry about the outside post. There's plenty of room. I learned that a long time ago. Plenty of room to get over. Now, you're not assured of a perfect trip, but there is room to get position. So I'll go Black Adder, 15 to 1 in the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Vince? Yeah, I like that, 15 to 1. Okay, I'll go to Sunday at Oakland Park, the last race of the day, race 9. It's a maiden special weight, 90,000 for Arkansas breads, 3-year-olds and up. And one of the things I like in a race like this, the two favorites are Traffic Control, 0 for 19 lifetime, and Aloe Henry, 0 for 7 lifetime. I'm betting against those two. Yeah, the top. And, and so uh, there's a first-time starter named More Than Amazing. Amazing Destiny's uh, been a sire the last several years mm -hmm. down at Oaklawn Park. Um, 12 to 1 on the morning line, shows some good works. The interesting part for him here is the, the broodmare is more than anything, daughter of More Than Ready, as you might expect. Um, she only shows, she's 18 years old, but she only shows one foal getting to the races. Huh. And that one is E.M. Maximus is a 12-time winner or was a 12-time winner. And that horse was born in 2009. Now, it doesn't show any other foals Jeez. since then. But this one's worked well enough, gets John Court to ride. And uh, I think it's got a look. It likes, like, might have shown a little bit of speed in its last work. So... In a race that uh, I think the favorites are beatable, let's go more than amazing in race nine at Oakland on Sunday. That's number four. Number four, more than amazing. Firster, good work there. Um, by the way, Black Adder is a full brother to Gingham, G-I-N-G-H-A-M, a filly 
that is three for 10 lifetime, a stakes winner, and made 214000 This is just the second full from Chapel, mm-hmm. first full being Gingham, the stakes winner. So Black Adder first, uh, uh, full, 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 full to a stakes winner. Okay, we like to look up those female sides on mm-hmm. young horses. Uh, and trivia, last week our question was, uh, name the most recent horse to win the Long Acres Mile in that horse's two-turn debut. So you'd never ran in a two-turn race, and your first time ever doing that was the mile, and you won. And uh, I think you got this one. I mentioned it to you. I think I got the, oh, no, I, I guessed uh, to the uh, no giveaway. Okay, that's right. Okay, no giveaway had run one time in the Washington Cup as a three-year-old. And the winner, and the uh, answer is, is it in good, 1996? Hmm. He ran seven-eighths a couple of times, but he'd never run a mile until the Long Acres Mile. Kind of surprised he wasn't never on the, you and, know, try those three-year-old stakes, which Baffert, you know, of course, has dominated for so many years down there. And what did he do after the mile? He traveled all over North America, winning grade twos and grade threes in two-turn races. He so, was a good horse, one of my favorite yeah. underrated riders, David Flores. Is it in good, the uh, most recent horse and you know going back on the list of mile winners i don't know if it's happened on any other horse i mean it's hard to kind of do all the research in, from the 60s backward but uh i don't think there's anything going back to the mid 60s that uh first two turn race was the mile so is it in good we'll, we'll try and do that research but he is the most recent and michael tarlow got that nice work michael we owe michael a bunch of swag man you find some stuff in your drawers up there because i gotta give him about five different things nice work michael send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com the new question for this week is name a horse that had three fastest times at one emerald downs meeting at different distances of course a horse that had three fastest times at one meeting at different distances. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them that have had two, including Papa's Golden Boy last year, right? Yeah. He had a couple of sprint fastest right. times. I think I know the answer, but I'll keep it to myself. Okay. Send those answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. All right. Thanks for listening and watching Horse Racing Northwest. And, of course, we'll be on weekly during the Emerald Downs meeting, and uh, we'll be joining you in uh, three or four weeks again. Uh, Adios, goodbye, and this is Horse Racing Northwest.